This book is an interstellar revolution like no other. So I am going to read, I think it's chapter nine. Let me check. Yes, it's on, in my book, in my version, it's 248 page number. I'm here because you see in me the promise, the promise that we made 200 years ago in this city. The promise kept. We have kept it on a narrows. We have nothing to give you but our own freedom. We have no law but the single principle of mutual aid between individuals. We have no states, no nations, no presidents, no premiers, no chiefs, no generals, no bosses, no bankers, no landlords, no wages, no charity, no police, no soldiers, no wars. Nor do we have much else. We are sharers, not owners. We are not prosperous. None of us is rich. None of us is powerful. You're listening to Anything But Silent from the British Library. In the last episode, we took a look at projects peering into the future. From a 100-year-long art piece in the Norwegian forest to initiatives championing the next generation of tech. And in this mini-episode, we want to continue on that theme. Joining the library today and sharing a book that has helped shape her thinking is celebrated designer and futurist, Anab Jain. If it is Anaris you want, if it is the future you seek, then I tell you that you must come to it with empty hands. You must come to it alone and naked as the child comes into the world, into his future, without any past, without any property, wholly dependent on other people for his life. You cannot take what you have not given, and you must give yourself. You cannot buy the revolution. You cannot make the revolution. You can only be the revolution. It is in your spirit, or it is nowhere. My name is Anab Jain. I'm a designer, filmmaker, educator, brown immigrant mother. I co-founded a design studio called Superflux with my partner, John Arden. And I'm also professor of a department called Design Investigations at the University of Applied Arts in Vienna. To tie in with the theme of the future... I have chosen a book called The Dispossessed, An Ambiguous Utopia by Ursula Le Guin. It was first printed, published in 1974. So this is really hard to give a really short description because the book is so much and so many different things. But as soon as you open the book, there's illustrations of these two twin planets, Uras and Anaris. And it's important to say that Uras is like Earth, a capitalist society where there are proprietarians and people who like to possess things, whilst Anaris is an anarcho-syndicalist society. It is founded by people who left Uras to start a sort of revolution in desert-like habitat and set up their own society, a kind of socialist world. And the book kind of moves between 
Oras and Anaras in this kind of chapter after chapter to start to tell many, many deeper stories about our own society here on Earth. Ursula Le Guin is is not just a science fiction writer. I think she's a literary icon. She, in my opinion, and in so many other people's opinions, I think she's one of the world's greatest writers. She kind of brings deep imagination and so much kind of nuance to some of the most difficult topics and themes and struggles of our times. And um, her writing is really interesting because unlike many other science fiction books that talk about the future, I think her book really is about our present. It really refers to things that are happening here today. She is also taking us on an inward journey rather than an outward journey. Lots of times books and science fiction films about space uh, fiction are often these outward journeys by heroic people and, you know, these kind of larger-than-life characters, whilst uh, her story takes us inwards, which I find really moving. I grew up in India and in a hot city of Ahmedabad and I was about, I think I was about 18 or 19, a second year film student in design school. I was a rather nervous and apprehensive student who had decided to pursue filmmaking, much to my parents' surprise and, dare I say, disappointment because they thought I've gone to design school and I'm going to study product design or fashion design and, you know, kind of have a real career and... I mean, I'm talking about like 25 years ago, like how, how, like you're a woman and the film industry is quite tough and how are you going to manage? And there was all that. But um, so I was studying uh, filmmaking and the first thing, uh, we were a small class of four and we would gather in this big dark auditorium of our university and be asked to watch really boring <laughs> What at that point felt like boring world cinema. But it was boring only in the beginning because, you know, it was immediately drawing me into these incredibly rich human and more than human stories and narratives of people's and humanities hopes and aspirations in different parts of the world, from, you know, Eisenstein's Battleship Potemkin to the films by Ingmar Bergman, uh, Godard, and then Tarkovsky. And it was when I was watching Tarkovsky's Solaris, which is, again, like I mentioned earlier, a very interesting science fiction film in a sense that it took us on an inward journey and it was so moving. And that's when I was referred to The Dispossessed. And so I grabbed it from our library, and I must say it was quite a hazy reading because I was at that point somehow trying to come to terms with a very sudden death of my very close cousin who I grew up with. So I was quite emotionally vulnerable anyways, and it had a kind of effect that I can't quite explain in words, but... It moved me. The book moved me. And I never really got back to it because I I kind of moved on. And it's only very recently that I've come back to it. And of course, my work now 
is about thinking about alternate and different worlds and imagining what it might be to live in a world post-climate change, for instance. And so this book means a lot to me, even more than it did before. She's a master world builder. And so, again, it's one possible future and it just opens up possibilities. It questions the way we consider our own agency and our own sense of individual and collective power today. It's For me, it's brilliant because she's created this whole future world and she writes about every detail of this world from an ethnographer's perspective, from an archaeologist's perspective. And that's what kind of sometimes we call our own practice, like, you know, I call myself an archaeologist of the future rather than a futurist. So for me, who thinks a lot about futures and futures as a lens to think about our present, so it's not building fantasy futures for the sake of it, but really trying to imagine what a possible future world could look like in order to consider what are the challenges and the unintended consequences of that world, or if there are things that we are excited about, how do we get there? So if I could pass this book on to one person, it would be my seven-year-old son as soon as he's ready to read it. But then I was also thinking that I might just give it to Elon Musk because he's thinking a lot about space and like trying to shoot cars into Mars and maybe he needs to really take time to make an inward journey. to Anab Jain, who picked Ursula Le Guin's 1974 novel, The Dispossessed. We'd love to hear about the writing that made you. Perhaps there's a library book you loved so much you struggled to take it back. Get in touch at British Library on social media and use the hashtag AnythingButSilent. Anything But Silent is a Pixie U production for the British Library. We'll be back in two weeks' time for our next main episode, Thanks for listening.